0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, stop the pain. Another injury for a BYU basketball
1: star, how it changes expectations. A look at the rollercoaster coaster the BYU Hoops team and fans have been on the past six months and what it means moving forward. Plus, a national college football writer critiques Kalani Sitake. Is his criticism fair? Let's
0: go.
2: This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem
0: Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Tuesday, October 1st. Yes, it's October. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a lobbyist for BYU to the Pac-12, Jerem Jordan.
1: We'll put on our tinfoil hats a little bit later and tell you uh, in mm-hmm. what's trending how uh, BYU can get into the Pac-12 with the new legislation that will come into play in 2023 with uh, collegiate athletes getting their likeness uh, and uh, you know image. Paid for that uh, if businesses want. A lot of stuff going on with that bill. We'll explain what it is and how it affects, say, BYU coming up. Jason
0: Shepard, are you listening? It's not about the Big 12, I know, but it is.
1: Oh, the Pac-12's always been a better goal than the Big 12. Stanford and Cal have been the ones that have said, no, 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 we don't want BYU.
0: Well, it might be out of their hands.
1: Probably not, but we'll discuss how that possibility does exist.
0: Like I said, he's lobbying and I'm right there with him. Here's today's show lineup former BYU and NFL linebacker David Nixon on how many wins he expects BYU football to have after the loss to Toledo and what, if anything, BYU could do to salvage the season following that disappointing loss. The BYU basketball roller coaster of emotions and ever changing expectations over the last six months. It has been a wild ride and National Athlete of the Week. Of BYU cross country and track and field, Connor Mance. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Did you hear? BYU basketball sophomore forward Gavin Baxter suffered a shoulder injury during the opening week of practice. BYU basketball personnel have confirmed the injury to his shoulder, but no specifics after that. That said, multiple sources, including Jeff Call from the Deseret News, report a labrum tear and dislocated shoulder. What a loss! The BYU basketball season, bearing down, starts in just over a month against UT Tyler in the Marriott Center.
1: And I think Steve Pierce of foe was the first, so huge blow. We're going to talk about what this means. BYU's game at South Florida in football next week is on Saturday, October 12th at Raymond James Stadium. Set for 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific on CBS Sports Network. With BYU radio coverage two hours before that and BYU TV's countdown to kickoff an hour before
0: Ninth-ranked BYU Women's Volleyball hosting a Tuesday night showdown against LMU in West Coast Conference play at the Smithfield House. The Cougars 11-2, and two. back home for their first match in the friendly digs in almost a month, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on BYU TV Digital.
1: I'm surprised BYU Women's Volleyball hasn't climbed a little higher. Their two losses are the top 10, 15 programs. Like, oh, and why, they
0: beat the number one team in America.
1: Why wouldn't? And then Stanford lost last week, by the way. So maybe there's a new number one this this week. I uh, haven't looked at the update, but I'm surprised they're not a little higher than nine. And Connor Mance is the USTFCCCA D1 Men's Cross Country National Athlete of the Week. Mance won the Billy Dellinger, it's William Dellinger to me, Invitational last weekend. Has won both meets this season. We'll chat with him as mentioned later in the program.
0: All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending.
2: You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
0: We just told you about the injury to BYU emerging star forward Gavin Baxter dealing with a dislocated shoulder and a torn labrum. That, according to multiple reports, BYU basketball has confirmed nothing other than to say he did injure his shoulder. If it is true that it is this severe, Jerem, and Gavin Baxter could potentially miss the season, how does this change your outlook on the upcoming expectations for BYU basketball?
1: It means that BYU is on the outside looking in at the NCAA tournament. If Gavin Baxter misses this year... Ugh. and Yoli Childs has suspended nine games, and TJ Haas has a scope that he should be ready for the regular season, and Zach Selyus could miss the first part of the season. I just don't see how BYU is going to be in an at-large position at all for the NCAA tournament. They probably weren't going to have much of a chance to be an at-large anyway, given everything that's happened. Um, so BYU needs to get better and get healthy and get ready in March to somehow do what St. Mary's did last year and take down Gonzaga in the West Coast Conference Championship game, in a one-off, one game. Any team can win one game. Well, maybe not any team, but there are a lot of teams that could win one game to get into the NCAA tournament. This is really hard. We felt like BYU was an NCAA tournament type of team, and we expected them to get there. Once the coaching staff changed, Yoli Child said he's coming back, Jake Toulson transferred in. We thought, that this team has the the talent to make the NCAA tournament. In fact, both of us said, we expect BYU to make the NCAA tournament. I do not expect BYU to make the NCAA tournament now. I certainly hope. We work at BYU. We hope for the success of all the teams. But uh, it's going to be tough. BYU is now in a position like everybody else to try and get that automatic bid.
0: Yes, BYU is now, in my opinion, not expected to make the NCAA tournament. How can any of us legitimately think, oh, Yoli Childs doesn't matter that he's out nine games. Oh, Gavin Baxter might miss the season? Hmm. Uh, and Zach Celius hurt himself over the summer. Okay, these are three integral parts of what we thought was coming back to be this veteran, wily team that got their eyes on the NCAA tournament. It, you can only withstand so many blows to key players and depth before you have to start saying, All right, maybe a third or fourth place finish on the West Coast Conference is a real possibility because Gonzaga and St. Mary's are both expected to be in the big dance. BYU, to get in the big dance, is going to have to win big games early, which they won't have Yoli Childs and Gavin Baxter for. So how do do they do it? I mean, does Jake Toulson go off for 35 points a night? I mean, can Jake Toulson and (laughs) TJ Hawes carry BYU without Yoli Childs and Gavin Baxter?
1: I wouldn't be shocked if they finish top four in the league, maybe even third. Both of those guys are pushing 20 points a game. I mean, it's going to be tough. We, We talked to Chris Burgess in studio last week. Yoli Childs is on the practice squad right now in practice until he is reinstated after nine games. This team's getting used to life without him. They're going to have to get used to life without Gavin Baxter, who would have been had an increased role without Yoli Childs in the first nine games. This is really tough news. And coming up later uh, in the program, we're going to talk about the roller coaster of a ride that the last six months have been, date by date, of just what's happened. It's been gnarly, it's been weird, it's been chaotic. And it's going to be hard to overcome and make the tournament. Yet, if this team somehow does that, it would be a minor miracle, maybe even a major miracle, given what they've had to go through internally, externally, with everything. So this is just the latest unfortunate bad news.
0: Yeah, my first reaction was, this probably puts BYU back down around the 20-ish win mark this season.
1: I think 20 would be nice, given everything that's going on here.
0: Uh, there are so many You're going to have no
1: overcome. Gavin Baxter and Yoli Childs in the first nine games. BYU's going to play UCLA, and if they win that Kansas without those two somehow, that's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard. (laughs) Yes, to say the least. Topic two in Pat Forty's 40-yard dash on Yahoo Sports, he said the following about Kalani Satake. He was a BYU player and a Mormon to boot, so what could go wrong? Well, a few things. Life as an independent isn't easy, but it probably shouldn't be as hard as Satake has made it look the past two-plus seasons. He's hit some high notes, a stunning win at Wisconsin last year, plus victories over USC, Tennessee, and Arizona. But there have been losses to East Carolina, UMass, Northern Illinois, and now Toledo last Saturday. BYU's two wins this season have both come in overtime, and the victory at Tennessee was a certified miracle. The Cougars aren't too far from being 0-5 at this point. Mm. Spencer, is Pat Forty's (laughs) criticism of Kalani Satake fair?
0: Sure, and I think Kalani Satake would be the first to admit that it is fair. What's his overall record in 44 games?
1: 22 and 22, right?
0: 500. We have become accustomed to BYU on average in independence, winning eight games and losing five. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that is above 500. And right now, Coach Itake and company are not at that mark. We thought this might be the season that BYU returns to the eight and five, maybe even nine and And four. good
1: news, it could be at least seven. Yeah, not exactly good news. <laughs> no, 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 that's not good news.
0: <sighs> yes, it's fair. And again, Coach Satake, to his credit, would say, "Yeah, like I, I need to be criticized because there are things that are not going well, and we got to figure it out." He, he often says that we got to figure it out, and we will.
1: It is year four, though. The time to figure it out is is uh, yesterday, right?
0: Yes, and but the the thing is, <sighs> here is what I don't like about it. The injuries to Zach and Tyson Williams and Zane Anderson, it almost creates like this buff, this buffer zone of, well, if players stay healthy, then things would be different. It's hard to know. It's hard to know, right? Have, would the record be better if BYU hadn't sustained so many injuries? You think, but that's kind of the glass half full it, approach, it's part, right? of
1: the, it's part of the game, too. The other team is prone to injury as well. USC ha- uh, won with their third string against Utah. You know what I mean? Like, there, there are only so many excuses you can give.
0: BYU's got to beat East Carolina and UMass and Toledo.
1: With Joe Critchford. And Northern Illinois. The
0: majority of those at home.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, Pat 40 is not wrong in almost everything he said. Is Sata- was Sataki a former BYU player? Yes. Is he Mormon? Yes. Well, church, of Jesus Christ. Independence isn't easy. Don't ask Mike Tarico what the name of the church is. Independence isn't easy. He's had some high points. He's had some low points. BYU isn't too far from being 0-5. I brought that up. He's spot on. I don't agree with this line, though. But it probably shouldn't be as hard as Satake has made it look the past two-plus seasons. I think that's been the schedule. I think the schedule has made BYU what it is to a degree. I think that if BYU played just a, just three power fives instead of four in a row, and you didn't have them all in a row, and you have them a little spread out, that BYU could perhaps sustain this a little bit more. Right now it's tough because uh, BYU had has some injuries, the schedule's tough. That's all part of but that's all stuff you have to go through. We don't talk about, uh, you know, 1979, so-and-so get injured and the schedule. We just talk about the win-loss record, right? At the end of the day, what, what matters, what you take from a season is the record. The most, and unfortunately, BYU is not taking a record that is more suitable to what the program kind of feels it is and wants to be. Hopefully, BYU can overcome some of these things. You can overcome it with better recruiting. You can overcome it with a more manageable schedule. But BYU refuses to do that part in an attempt to get better players and to cope with the schedule. Unfortunately, those two aren't driving at the moment.
0: Now, wait a second. In 2013, BYU faced seven Power Five teams and still finished with an eight and five record. I don't think it's too much to expect BYU, even with increasingly difficult schedules, to win eight
1: games a season. No, I agree with you. But on that defense, there were like six or seven NFL players. So if that's the case now, then yeah, that would happen. Okay. But it's not the case.
0: We now. don't know. We we think there might be multiple I have a... defensive players on in the defense now. Right. Who knows I... if Chaz you develops? Kyrus Tong is an NFL guy. Maybe Zane Anderson gets into the NFL. I don't know.
1: Zane, Zane currently is not going to get into the NFL. He doesn't have enough film. Right? He could be if he was healthy and playing and whatever. I don't feel like there are six or seven NFL players on this BYU defense right now. Six or seven NFL players on this defense uh, don't have the showings against Utah and Washington. Right? They would have a better performance there.
0: Okay, so you're saying it's a recruiting thing.
1: Yeah, certainly BYU needs to recruit at a higher level. They need to continue to get those guys. You hope that health plays into it, but health should not be an excuse for BYU to football. But to go, it is. Oh, it is. Let's be honest. Be it so, is. I know, people but, use that as an excuse. Okay, find whatever excuses you want. The point is that BYU is 500 the last three-plus seasons. My point exactly. Like, no, 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 you're saying no, no, injuries no, no. are saying, an excuse. No, no, I'm saying people are using it as an oh, excuse. okay, you're not. No,
0: I, my opening statement here was BYU okay. is 22-22.
1: Like, yeah. it's fair criticism. The point is to win. You can say whatever you want. The point is to win. Yeah, Go you've got to win. Go do it. Zach Wilson, 500 as a starter. Got to be better, right? Yes. The offense, got to be better. Sure. All right, we're taking on
0: politics. <gasps> I don't know that we want to do this, but we are. As we move to topic three, maybe you've heard in California there is a bill that is being moved up the ranks that would pay. No, 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 passed. It's passed. Yes, but sorry, to the NCAA, it's it's not determined ultimately that this will be official with the NCAA just yet. There are things. Still in in out California there. Still, it's official still pending. Yes, pay amateur college athletes so they can get paid for things like signing autographs and but the the questions remain how much do they get paid and which players get paid more than most like for their
1: image and likeness there's
0: so much out there do the best players get paid more or does everybody get paid the same like there's there's a lot out there that's no, still not to be determined no they're not getting
1: paid the same okay. it's whatever each individual gets
0: California's SB 206 has now Raise the question of well, if the NCAA doesn't want this, does the Pac 12 and the California schools in the Pac 12, are they on the outside looking in? And does this mean that BYU could somehow be affected and maybe sneak into the Pac 12? What do you think, Jerem?
1: This this law in California it will be the first of many. California has passed it. It goes into effect in 2023. It's a ways out, right? Not many people in college currently will be affected by this. It will be the future college athletes. This follows the Olympic model. So if you're an athlete, you can get paid for your image and likeness. There's a lot of details, like you said, that need to be figured out. This is going to affect everybody. Everybody. Because recruiting is going to be affected in a great way, right? Are there certain businesses that will... We'll pay for the image and likeness of certain players. This is going to be—it's awesome for the student-athlete, but it's going to be really chaotic because uh, there need to be rules defined as to where where you get to do this and what—why— what. Why, what. By 2023, perhaps many other states will join in, right? Um, Perhaps the NCAA won't exist at all, and perhaps football will leave. Perhaps all the sports will leave. I don't know. There will always be a governing body, though, because no one wants to throw their own water polo competition. So someone's going to exist to govern these sports. Um, Will Silicon Slopes help BYU get better recruits because they can pay them for their image and likeness? Now, this is different than... We're paying you to be an athlete here. That's not what it is. It's uh, you know I'm I'm a football player and I I'm Jake Oldroyd, and I kick and now I can uh, hold a, a kicking uh, you know competition or, or camp and I can get paid for it. If now. you're good, because if you're I'm good Jake enough Oldroyd. to get yeah.
0: paid, then you can get paid.
1: But if I own a business, if I'm uh, you know a business guy and I love BYU, I'm like oh I'm gonna pay you like a million bucks. Come to BYU. I'll pay a million bucks for your image and likeness. It's going to be, it's going to be crazy. if Cali- And the Pac-12 said, we, we, we don't want to uh, deal with this. So the four California teams could be out, and the Pac-12 could say, well, we add other teams. I don't see it getting to that point, but there's a chance that that could exist. I think a lot will change the next couple of years before 2023.
0: Okay, so what's the happy medium, though? Because I'm with you. I don't think that it's likely that Cal and UCLA and USC and Stanford, with all of their tradition and how long yeah. they've been a part of the Pac-12. will figure it out. Exactly. I think they will figure it out. But who bends the most? Is it the NCAA that says, oh, okay, because right now it seems like the NCAA is not willing oh, to budge at all.
1: They are not, no. They, they are seeking reform, but they don't know how to do it. And they have yet to really do it. They don't want to pay. They want to keep the money. Why would the NCAA want to do that but this is extra money and how many more cheaters will cheat in a new way right there's the rule and you you push the rule back over here someone else will cheat a bunch okay like duke will pay those players that they get in a different way if that's happening right i don't know that's happening i think it's happening kansas right in trouble with bill self arizona they're gonna cheat in a different way cheaters have always always existed and they will find a new way to cheat
0: Okay, the bill has passed. We are yet to see what it actually means, because as you brought in 2023, which just adds to the rhetoric of TV contracts. And now this this political thing coming in in California, like, is this going to be a crazy major transformation of college football? There are
1: other states that are doing the same bill. And there's there's a push for a federal bill as well. Wow.
0: All right. Our question of the day, back to BYU basketball and centering on the last six months. What is the biggest story in the past six months within BYU basketball and why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation.
2: This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At
0: Twiggy or Stone says on Twitter... Yoli Childs returning and then getting suspended. The injuries have really been a bummer, but the return of Yoli gives this team a chance to get to postseason play, hoping they can still do that through all of these issues.
1: Yeah, NIT isn't good enough, though. Like, NIT isn't good enough. It's even NCAA even after
0: bust. missing the NIT last year?
1: Yeah, no, no one, no one celebrates the NIT. No, Come I'm on.
0: not saying you should celebrate it, but with expectations where they are yeah. now. Losers,
1: getting... losers celebrate the NIT. This is not a loser program.
0: Well, what's the expectation? You said it's not the NCAA tournament now.
1: It's the NIT. But I, it doesn't mean I'm happy with it. I'm not happy. Okay. Just, it just is what it is. Right. This year was the worst. Didn't even make the NIT. Coming up, David Nixon joins us. Does he feel the criticism of Kalani Satake is fair?
0: And we'll relive the ride of the past six months for BYU basketball. In specifics, this is BYU Sports Nation. Right.
2: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. The official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Breakdown
1: Cougar football with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon today on After Further Review 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on the BYU TV app. You can watch a replay tomorrow morning as well on BYU TV 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific in the morning.
0: Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. We just talked about the crazy last six months that the BYU basketball program has undergone. So let's go ahead and relive it in timeline format. This is bonkers. And most recently, now we're dealing with the Gavin Baxter injury news, which means he could miss the entire season. That's not confirmed
1: it's reported that he'll it's miss the season.
0: reported, yeah. but not confirmed through BYU is my point. Yeah. Now, let's rewind to late March. BYU misses the NIT, Jerem. First time Dave Rose hasn't been to any postseason tournament. On March 26th, Dave Rose announces his retirement.
1: That was a tough end, right, uh, to the season. Um, you know, rumors of him being pushed out or whatever. It Dave Rose uh, ended his tenure at BYU. Uh, what a tenure it was, but it wasn't. The way I think he and everyone wanted it to end, right?
0: Uh, San Diego in the first round of the West Coast Conference Tournament. Yeah,
1: Yeah. not awesome. Down 44 or something crazy. The next day, Yoli Childs enters the NBA draft with an agent. So, boom, he's gone. We expected this. Not a shocker. um, But he leaves without an NCAA tournament. Leaves, you know, again, in a position where he's probably not going to be drafted. So that frustration kind of came out there, right? Then Mark Pope is hired as the head coach. Probably the number one candidate, right? Comes down the street from uh, Utah Valley, and Juice is in the program. Okay, new guy, new life, a uh, guy with some energy, guy with some excitement, and uh, here we go, yeah, the next infusion chapter.
0: of energy. Two weeks later, on April 24th, Mark Pope announces the hiring of his assistant coaches. Here comes Chris Burgess. Here comes Nick Robinson, Cody Feger. Okay, some dudes, the majority coming from Utah Valley University, where they coached with Mark Pope. Energy remains high. A month later, then we start to pull on the NCAA tournament train horn because Yoli Childs announces he's coming back to BYU. And overnight, literally overnight, you and I are, th- are saying to, to each other... They're going to the tournament. BYU's in the NCAA tournament going to the with tourney. Jake Toulson, Yoli Childs, T.J. Haas, Zach Selyus, Gavin Baxter. There's enough experience. There's enough star power there. BYU's back in that NCAA tournament full. Yes! Yeah, tournament train,
1: yes, You tournament put on the hat, The whole deal, right? Yeah. Oh,
0: and, and Nick Emery, too. Is he going to come off the bench and make some threes? And Is he finally going to rediscover himself? Well, then a month later.
1: No, he retires uh, July 23rd. We have him on shortly after we talk, right? Uh, August 9th, the NCAA suspends Yoli Child's nine games. All of oh. a sudden, it's like, oh. wait, maybe the NCAA tournament ain't mm-hmm. happening. Um, August 20th, BYU goes to Italy. They have a great time, but Zach Selius in a game, breaks his foot. Uh, then, September 4th, the NCAA upholds the uh, Nick Emery decision, vacates 47 wins. Probably Ooh. expected, but it becomes official. September 7th, Nick Emery tweets out in relation to um, a tweet about a recruit who's thinking about BYU some things uh, that didn't jive well with, uh, with the fan base, calling out the coaching staff, and uh, that happened. And it's like, wow, Nick Emery just burned the bridge BYU. Really interesting. Well,
0: in the same week that the 47 wins are vacated officially. Yeah. And upheld, the, so, the appeal is denied.
1: There's never a convenient timing there, but generally that's going to be tough. Okay.
0: Uh, oh, it doesn't get better yeah. because two and a half weeks later, T.J. Haas and his knee injury is announced.
1: So he, he had a scope. And he's going to be out, you know, several weeks. So it's not something that will take him out for the season at all. Is the plan, and he should be back in about a week. But uh, still, you'd like to have that guy year, in practice right before. Yeah, we haven't met, mentioned that. You know, Jesse Wade was a little banged up initially in the beginning of the summer, but his back practicing with the team. He's good.
0: Oh, and yesterday, Gavin Baxter and his shoulder injury reported, yeah. according to multiple sources, will miss the entirety of the BYU basketball Torn labrum, season. Dislocated you know,
1: shoulder. Yeah. So that's, that's tough. This, is, this has been wild. This has been a roller coaster with no seat belts.
0: What does BYU have left? Okay. So opening tip against UT Tyler. Who's BYU rolling out there in the starting five? Hopefully TJ Haas, right?
1: TJ Haas, Jake Toulson, Connor Harding.
0: Okay. Who
1: are the bigs? And then, and then Dalton Nixon, I would say, probably Kay. gets in the starting lineup. And then you may be throwing Colby Lee out. There. Colby Lee. Like, let, let's see. If Zach Selyus is ready to go, I would anticipate he needs a little more time with the broken foot. We'll see.
0: That but. starting five can beat UT Tyler. Not. I would hope w- so. But what about the Maui Invitational?
1: Right. It's going to be tougher when you're playing UCLA, right? UCLA wasn't a great team, but still UCLA, right? If
0: BYU somehow manages to beat UCLA, then
1: Colby Lee
0: and Dalton Nixon are facing Kansas.
1: Yeah. And uh, that's a great uh, game for your resume, right? Get you a quad one. <laughs> Okay. What, one through fifty neutral, right? Oh yeah. I mean, Jesse Wade. Maybe. It, let, listen, if BYU went with that starting five, they'd be way too small. They, they will not start that starting five, but that's fine. We can put it on a graph. No, and good.
0: because Zach Elliott, like you think, oh well, but, maybe Zach could be. I don't think no, Zach's no, no. going to be back.
1: I, I don't. I mean, that's really small. It depends on your matchups. I, I doubt BYU will feel that as a. Starting lineup. This the three-point
0: shot is the great equalizer, and so every BYU fan,
1: That's assuming that BYU makes it,
0: is holding out hope that the three-point shot will all of a sudden become drastically better to help BYU sneak a big game or two before Yoli Childs comes back.
1: Here's my major concern with all of this. Obviously, BYU doesn't have its full accoutrement of talent. If BYU had, now they, they got a chance at the NCAA tournament. You and I thought, that's an NCAA tournament team. Yes. Like, look at that team. That's an NCAA
0: tournament team. I put team. on the tournament train half yeah. for the first time in no, three years. I
1: agreed. I agreed. But this is not an NCAA tournament team, as currently constituted, without Baxter, without Yoli Childs for nine games, with T.J. Haas coming into the season with the scope in the knee. It's tough. I still think these guys have, can accomplish quality things. Just the NCAA tournament is the standard. If you... This is a place where we do not celebrate the NIT. Now, if BYU went NIT-less for multiple seasons, we would be like, okay, the NIT was a step in the right direction. Nice. Just like we're doing with football. Just like football. (laughs) Where if BYU wins eight games, we're going to be like, yeah, dude, eight games. Eight games should not be something we celebrate. But because the standards have lowered, unfortunately, due to tough schedules, due to injuries, due to blah, 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 that's where we're at. It's a sad reality. When you and I were in school, oh six to oh nine, the standard was be in the top twenty-five in football. The standard was win the regular season title in basketball and go to the NCAA tournament and hopefully win a game or two. And that was fun. This is not that era. It's different.
0: How much I wish it was different. How much longer does this continue? I mean and what do you chalk it up to? Bad luck? Uh The Wheel of Accountability. We've talked about it a
1: lot. Yeah. Where does it fall? We're being told we have to go to break. I have a million thoughts on this, (laughs) and we don't have time. Coming up, which Cougar player is the National Athlete of the Week?
0: David Nixon will join us next, former BYU and NFL linebacker. How does he get through the bye week after a disappointing loss? How's his mental recovery coming along? And how can BYU salvage the season? This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: Watch or listen to BYU Sports Nation live at noon Eastern. Fear not, download the podcast on iTunes, tune in or Google Play and enjoy on-demand. Also, don't forget to subscribe and review the show on iTunes.
0: Here we go, BYU Sports Nation, part two of your headlines. Multiple media reports state BYU basketball's Gavin Baxter will miss the 2019-2020 season due to a torn labrum. The BOA spokesman couldn't confirm the specifics of Baxter's injury, but could say that he hurt his shoulder. What does it mean for BYU basketball? Download the podcast if you missed that in- initial conversation.
1: And if, if it is indeed a torn labrum, uh, he will be out done the season. Yes. Which is tough. He'll use a redshirt, come back as a uh, redshirt sophomore. BYU's game at South Florida in football next week on Saturday, October 12th at Raymond Jane Stadium. is set for 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific on CBS Sports Network. With BYU radio coverage two hours before that, and BYU TV's countdown to kickoff an hour before kick.
0: Ninth-ranked BYU women's volleyball and their eleven and two record face West Coast Conference foe LMU tonight at the Smith Field House. This marks the Cougars' first home match in almost a month. 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on the WCC network.
1: And Connor Mance is the USTFCCCA D1 Men's Cross Country National Athlete of the Week. Pretty awesome. Uh, we'll chat with Mance later in the program. BYU remains second in the poll. The women climb uh, two spots up to four. Woo! How about that? Very nice. Well, that, That's fresh, too, this morning.
0: Whitney Orton and company getting it done at their latest Invitational. Joining us now in Studio B, friend of the program, good man.
1: Just my, our friend. He happens B- to be a friend of the program.
0: BYU football <laughs> legend and former NFL player, David Nixon. Dave, welcome. Hello, David.
2: Uh, it's been a while since I've been here with, I think, both of you, right? Yeah. Yes. yeah. You guys, there's been some rotation going on. Yeah. Uh-huh. You guys need a breather. You've been tapping out your helmet. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Tap
1: me out all the time. Yeah, I'm tapping out this afternoon. I'm out of town. Going to Seattle, right? Portland, and Seattle. Portland, nice. Yep,
0: yep. Very nice. Yep. Jeremy has things to accomplish. Meanwhile, David, we stay here and yeah, we nurse, grind. We're grinding yes, here. We nurse our mental wounds. You won't be the grinding next stage. Tuesday.
1: You won't have Afr. Come on, man. man.
2: How's your bi-week <laughs> recovery coming along, David? Well, after today, after we get done with Afr, and we finally get it out of our system, uh, that's when my R and R will start. But uh, in the meantime, we've got some work to do today and, and recap this loss and. Uh, see what this Boe team can do better moving forward because I think there's a lot of things. I mean, that's the whole purpose of the bye week. A, get healthy, but B, you go in and do a full assessment of your team. You look at your pros, the cons, the strengths, the weaknesses. And you figure out what you need to do and what you need to change moving forward because there's some games coming up with Boise State, Utah State, uh, that, that BYU's got to win those games. And so this, this staff has got to go in and kind of do a full evaluation of the program and figure out uh, how they're going to move forward and win some ballgames.
1: Do you feel like BYU has to win Boise State to salvage something with this season? Why do you say they have to win it?
2: Uh, I, I, I don't know if necessarily have to salvage it. I mean, I think BYU needs to get to that 8-4 and four number. And so, yes, you've got to beat Boise State or Utah State win out in order to accomplish that, um, but I, I think in order to get the whole fan base back on the the uh, the train, I think you have to beat a, a ranked Boise State team here at home, um, and it goes back to once again protecting your home field advantage, and that's something you struggle with, especially you know dating back to Washington and what happened with Utah. So uh, one and two is, is not going to cut. You You've got to have a, at least a winning record, if not a perfect record at home, and BYU's got to get back on track with with Boise State. Yeah,
0: It comes down to that. BYU has to beat Boise State to finish with a winning record at home.
2: And I think it does salvage something. I think it salvages
1: a, a winning record at home. It salvages, yes, we've beaten two ranked teams this year. We're still good. BYU gets a third win in 10 tries overall against Boise State. I think it would. If BYU doesn't, and let's be honest, Boise State has been a tight matchup with BYU, which is awesome. I think Boise State isn't the 16th best team in the country. I would agree. I think they're a top 25 yeah. team. But 16 just feels like they're benefiting from the Kellen Moore era yeah. in that respect. Florida State's not that good. Uh, you know, Air Force was okay. Uh it, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, yeah, when I don't, you watch them on film, I
2: agree. When you watch them on film, they've got a freshman quarterback that, that's still figuring his way out. And I think a BYU defense that hopefully during this bye week changes a few things. They decide to get more pressure um, and, and play a little smarter. But I think you can get after a freshman quarterback like that at home. Hopefully the fan and the, the, the crowd is into it and, and creates that environment as well. But um, first things first, you got the bye week and then USF. I mean, we've shown from this team that you can't take any game for granted and mark it down as a W. Um, and, and for one reason or another, this, this team just – it's a roller coaster. I have emotional highs and lows where they do great one week and then struggle the next, um, and frankly, that comes down on coaching. The coaching staff has to get these guys ready for a game like Toledo. It's tough when you play four straight P5 games – and the next thing you know, you got to go on the road to Toledo when you're playing in front of a crowd of 25,000 people, which is the size of some of these you know, kids played in high school, right? BYU chose us though. They knew the stadium size when they signed the game. 100%. Right? And that's why it comes down to coaching staff. You've got to get your guys juiced. It comes down to getting your guys prepared and understand that, yeah, this is a different environment. It's not ABC at 1.30 prime time. But we've got to go out and win this game, and we've got to execute and play cleanly, which BYU did none of that
1: on Saturday. Does a great competitor, though, need a crowd?
2: No, you know what I mean. Not like, like why can't BYU listen, get itself up? Listen, I, I played at New Mexico. Yes, you did. <laughs> and, and I played at Wyoming uh, in years when they struggled, and we didn't have crowds. Um, so you're playing on for the pride of your program, and I, I will admit it is tough. It's tough going into those environments uh, when you. I, my freshman, I played at USC and Notre Dame. It's, it's, there is a letdown, and that's why I'm saying the coaching staff has to get the guys prepared, as well as the players. I mean, you've got to realize, let's just get in, let's take care of business, and get out of here. Um, but unfortunately, the BYU team did not take care of business when they went into Toledo. And, and, and keep in mind that, similar to how we like to knock off the USC's of the world and the Washings of the world, the P5's, of the Tennessee these are big games for us because we like to play those guys. The same team, Toledo, USF, these teams love to play BYU. And it's their Super Bowl when they get to play BYU. And so oh, you, you know you're gonna get their best shot. Yes. And you gotta go in with that mentality that you've gotta play a great game in order to come out the victory. Yes, Toledo is saying, We just beat the team to beat Tennessee and USC. Like,
0: it was a big game. Which aspect of last Saturday's loss concerns you the most, David?
2: For me, it was the third downs. The the, the lack of being able to convert on third down. And not only on third down, but third and short. Third and one. The, the fact that BYU could not establish that line of scrimmage and, and get a push against Toledo's defensive line, that front seven, uh, was pretty concerning for me. And so, for one thing, I think the main thing for this offense during this bye week is to go in when they do their self-assessment, is how can we get better on short yard situations? Uh, because there's going to be plenty of situations coming up when you do play Boise State and Utah State and San Diego State down the road. So you've got to find a way and find a package that works for them. Shoot, put Kyrus Tonga back in there at fullback and just run straight downhill. Get in the ice, you know, uh, under the center, i formation and just run straight downhill. (laughs) And, And I guarantee you a guy like Emmanuel Supa, as we've seen, he has the strength. He will get that one yard. But when you go in shotgun and you do a lateral outside zone handoff or an option pitch like we saw, that allows the defense to stream the play out and allows them to get penetration as well. And all you need is one blitzing linebacker or somebody to break that line of scrimmage, and it's a dead play.
1: You would like a more traditional setup on third and short.
2: Yeah, I would. I would. Under center. Under center. And BYU showed it a few weeks ago against USC. They got in and did a play action they pass. They can do that. They, they have the a QB ability. It
1: sneak. Uh, in a previous game, I didn't know it was in the playbook. Yeah,
2: I mean, and listen, now with Jaron Hall taking the helm, uh, maybe he's a little more comfortable under center. So maybe we might see some adjustments. Uh, but, but I think that's the biggest thing, that, sh- that short yard situation, you've got to get that short up. And that that is
1: the biggest story going in the next game. You just mentioned it. Zach Wilson out with a thumb injury, at least for South Florida. We'll see how long. Jaron Hall's the guy. What do you expect against South Florida? And to me, it's like, oh, if you didn't have – three of those four winnable in November, this is the next best game to have a new starting
2: quarterback. For sure. Listen, uh, and with the bye week too, allow him to kind of get a hold of the offense. Although he's been getting the second team reps, so it's, this is going to be new to him. And frankly, <clears throat> when you go back and look at the film from that last drive of the game, he had a great command of the offense. Granted, uh, Toledo was playing more of a prevent defense, um, but, but I like how he went out there. He was poised, he was confident, and he led this offense. And so uh, I have confidence in him. I, you know, we, we looked at him during spring ball and, uh, or, or summer, summer ball and fall camp, and uh, he, he looked impressive, and there's a reason why he's the backup to, to Zach Wilson's number two, not down the, further on the depth chart. So um, I think he'll bring a different dynamic. I think you'll see him running the ball more and get down open and be able to extend plays, and being willing to extend plays. I know Zach's been more of a pocket-type guy uh, this year, but um, I, I have confidence he can lead this offense. And, and like I said, USF, listen, they're not great, but they're similar to Toledo that if BYU doesn't go in and play a good game, BYU can get beat. David, in the spirit of a bill that is
0: suggesting college players should and will be paid, what do you think of this? Are you in favor of college players being paid for their own likeness and image starting in 2023 in this movement that's really getting going in the state of California?
2: I'm torn on it, to be honest. I I don't know if I have a position yet. Um, Being a former college and NFL athlete where you do make money on your likeness eventually. Um, I saw somebody tweet the other day, say, well, if they wouldn't do that, then maybe take away their scholarship and there's no scholarships and they just have to capitalize on their likeness and see how it goes. And I think a lot of people would realize maybe it's not so glamorous. Right. Um, I think it would change the entire landscape of college football, which scares me a little bit because I, currently I like the way it's set up. Of course, BYU trying to get in P5, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, you would see people just head to big markets, similar to what happened in the NBA. What happens with the NBA, you see players move on to bigger markets uh, because there's a, a better opportunity to capitalize on it. So um, I, I'm leaning more towards the camp if I don't want to see that happen. Uh, but I understand where players are coming from. I mean, it's a different day and age with social media and ways you, you can monetize uh, the, you know, your, yourself, and so uh, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out, um, but uh, at the same time, it's, it is a little bit scary. You were 15 years too late. Sorry, Dave. Yeah, indeed. I, I, said, it all, I said it all the time. I, I played on Versus in the Mountain. Yeah, I was definitely was too late to the game.
1: That was bad. <laughs> okay, thanks, David. Yeah, always fun. Coming up, Peter Quest for perfection is back at it again.
0: And the National Athlete of the Week, Connor Mance of BYU Men's Cross Country Track and Field, joins us. All he does is finish in the top ten. This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: Couldn't
2: make so much money. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: Get your fill of Cougar football and all sports each Wednesday morning, starting at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 Pacific, with a rebroadcast of "After Further Review." Then BYU Sports Nation. Then typically a Satake show. Uh, BYU football is Satake, but no Satake show this week. But still, enjoy tomorrow morning.
0: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, and we welcome you back with our next guest, accompanied by our stat of the day.
2: It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Say
0: hello to Connor Mance of BYU cross-country track and field. He's finished top 10 in each of his eight cross-country races at BYU. Two first-place finishes, both this season, and 10th place at the NCAA National Championship. Not bad. Connor, that's quite the start. In fact, really good. To your BYU crew. Welcome to the set. Thank you. It's
3: good to be here.
0: Well, it's good to be in the presence of excellence. In fact, you tied your personal best in the 8K with a win at the Bill Dellinger Invite, uh, but you finished second place. So, was finishing second a in a weird way a disappointment for you? As
3: a team, right? Yeah, Yeah, as a team. I mean, it was it was a little bit until we started to you know consider all the all the all the things that were going on with the team. We had a lot of guys who were sick. A lot of you know it was kind of a hard workout week for us. But initially, it was it was pretty pretty disappointing until we, like, put it all in uh, in context.
1: And it's a little early, right? It's October 1st. Yes, you're you're ranked second, so there's a high standard there, but you want to be your best at the end of the season, right?
3: Absolutely. And, I mean, that was a big part of it was, like, okay, like, this isn't the last race of the season. Like, we still have a long time and a lot of work to do. Connor Mance with us on BYU Sports Nation. What makes this team unique? Uh, This team is unique because I think – well, one thing that we focused on last year, that I think that's been applied a lot to this year um, is we see ourselves as you know like what we call ham and eggers, you know like uh some we're just a bunch of people out there just trying to get the job done, nothing nothing as like spectacular as other teams have had.'re not filled, We're not like as star-studded as we were last year, but we have a lot of people who just know how to go out there and get the job done.
1: I do enjoy ham and eggs, though. You know, yeah. like, like there's there's this idea of kind of simplicity and just blue yeah. collar, right? That's the idea. Absolutely. You can throw a little salsa on there, a little a little salt and
3: pepper, a little garlic. You, yeah. There's some flavor, right? Yeah, there's some flavor. This team's got some flavor. Some some. I mean, musta- it, is that a mustache? you Yeah. Yeah, that's the, little, it's coming in. It's been about a week, it's pre- so you, <laughs> it's pretty. Blonde. I don't think they can see it on the camera, <laughs> but
0: <laughs> is this inspired by Ed Stone?
3: Uh, partly, partly, and that the whole team just does it every year, so. So we always uh, have the theme of stashes at Nashies. Stashies so. at Nashies. Got to get a good mustache coming in.
1: That's funny. Let's talk about, um, you, you guys are known around the area for, you know, you, there's like this, I don't, I don't know, what, it's a gaggle of geese. I don't know what a group of cross-country runners is, but when you I guys no go, idea. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Pride I... of Lions or whatever. When you guys run around, it's like, it's shirts off, right? Oh, yeah. Everybody, shirts off, just a bunch of dudes in short shorts running around. I mean, if it's warm enough. It's above above 60 degrees,
3: you know. (laughs) Yeah,
1: but you can can find, and then you can clearly define whether it's Provo High
3: or BYU. That is easily understood. Uh, You guys look way better, right? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) At least I hope so, you know?
0: (laughs) At what point in your life did you realize, I'm pretty good at this, and I want to be a distance runner?
3: I, I think I realized when I was, like, fairly young, probably 12 or 13, that I was, like, good at it, but I don't know if I, like, was for sure, like, I want to do this, you know. Like, I was playing soccer as well, but, you know, as time goes on, it's just, I don't know, you just kind of enjoy it. What do you enjoy about
1: it? Because Jared Ward, Olympic marathoner, who you guys know really well, mm-hmm. he says, oh, it's like, it's painful. It's extremely hard. I don't, you know, it's physically taxing. So yeah. why do you do it? What makes you love it?
3: Um, like Just the, one, the spirit of competition that comes in it. Like, I love, you know, competing and it's just such a simple competition like there's no way you could have been like oh you know like if like if coach would have put me in in the fourth quarter we would have won state type of thing (laughs) it's uh you know you're there you know who's better just it's it's pretty simple but I also love the feeling of just you know going out and running while it takes like uh while it's hard it just it's very rewarding in its own in its own right of just like the working out and Going for a run is just, I don't know, I enjoy it. It's nice.
1: I was never even close to what you are, but I did cross country my junior year and, and was third on our team at State when I was supposed to be the seventh guy. So I felt like, hey, I did something good, right? 55th, who cares, whatever. <laughs> but, like, the, just, the, just the idea that, and I didn't even go to practice. I, I hate running for fun, <laughs> right? I, I, so I respect what you guys do. Um, just the idea of I'm passing you, and it's just pure, right? We're just running. Mm-hmm. There's no, th- there is a skill to it, certainly. But it's kind of just the raw athleticism that you have. There's, yeah. there's something special about it. So I, I can relate to what you're saying there.
3: Oh, thank you.
1: It's like, oh, yeah, I just passed you. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, <man. it's> <laughs> Sorry, not sorry. I'm just sorry, gonna not going to keep going. Yeah, as I look at 54 other people in front of me. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: The winner of the, Bell Dillin- or the Bill Dellinger invites. William
1: Dellinger. The yeah.
0: William Dellinger. No, I like Bill better. I like, I like that you bring it down. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, I'm good at that.
0: Yes, yes, you are, <laughs> Connor Mance with us on BYU Sports Nation. Why did you pick Ed Stone and BYU over other running school options? Well,
3: oh, that, that's a great question because that was honestly like probably one of the hardest decisions of my life. Um, the reason I came to BYU was just like mainly in specific because I Ed Iystone and I saw what he could do with people who had gone on missions, gotten out of shape, and you know they had to start from you know like the drawing board all over again. And Ed Stone's just had that experience of, he's had the experience of getting back from mission and winning nationals, as well as training athletes who get back from missions to win nationals and make Olympic teams. And when I was on my visit, I saw guys like Jared Ward and, you know, Jason Witt, and they had, like, they didn't, they weren't just, like, good athletes, but they were, you know, they were putting a lot of effort forth in academics, they had families, they were, you know, well-rounded human beings, but they were also phenomenal athletes, And that kind of was like the, I want to be like that. Mm. And so I saw that, you know, this is, this may be the best, uh, this, from my perspective, is the best place to do that.
1: I think we should just put that on a, a promo right there. Yes. <laughs> that, that was, it that up, was awesome. send it, Why, it out. Why you should come to BYU. Yeah, exactly. Four O in high school. Did you get an A-minus at all in high school?
3: Not in high school. How about BYU? Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little harder? It's, it's a lot harder. <laughs> but still a good GPA? You're still uh, strong? Trying
3: my best, yeah. Okay.
1: Very nice. Dude. You don't have
3: to tell us I <laughs> well, yeah, do I'm going yeah, it it. <laughs> to yeah, like, uh, keep it on the news. Under-
1: yeah, yeah, I imagine you're a, a great student. Um, you went to Ghana on your mission. hmm um, what was that experience like, and did you try and run as much as you yeah. could with perhaps a companion who didn 't run right
3: yeah it was It was a fantastic experience um I mean every mission is different, but they all have the same you know when you 're committed to the Lord and to serving him that you 're blessed every day and I mean it was like the physical conditions are like very hard to live with there, but the people are like the most loving people, the most accepting people, the most god fearing people and so, in my opinion, I thought it was, you know, the best place to serve mission. And honestly, if you, if you don't think too much about the physical conditions, you, you just are there spiritually. Like, I say it's the easiest mission to serve because people are so accepting and willing to learn.
1: Accra or? Accra. A- Accra. Accra. That's Accra. the native pronunciation. Yeah. We always say Accra in Accra. the U.S., right? But Accra. Yeah. There you go.
0: How many times did you hear the name Ziggy Ansa while you were serving your mission?
3: Honestly, not that much. I, I was surprised. My my trainer had told me a lot about Ziggy Ansah, and I had known about him before, and then there was maybe, like, two or three members who had told me, who had, like, mentioned stuff about him. Like, do you know who Ziggy Ezekiel Ansah is? And I'm like, ah. And I was like, like, because it had been so long since, like, my training. It was, like, a year into my mission. I was like, ah, I don't know. Like, he's the American football player. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I've heard about him. But, like, maybe other than those two or three times, it, it wasn't like, and I mean, I wasn't in his area as well that he's from, so it I, was, it was a done. lot less than I would have thought. Well,
0: now it's, the time, it's time for the legacy of Connor Mance and your connection to Ghana. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, that'll be it. Yeah, that'll
3: be <laughs> it. Well, sweet. Uh, you compete in a-
1: 18 days from now in pre-nationals, mm-hmm. which is uh, pre-awesome, and we're very excited about that. Good luck with that. Do you mm-hmm. mind uh, signing our uh, ah. flag back here? Would that be all right? Yeah. Sweet. Thanks, man. Oh, thank you. Top ten in every race. All he race does he is rides. finish in
0: the top 10. 10th or win in the it. country,
1: maybe first this year. Yes. looking forward to that. Pretty fantastic. Dad was a wrestler. Now he's a runner. Shout I don't out know to Dad stone
0: for getting Connor to come to BYU.
1: Yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah. Okay, coming up, TV and time is out for the South Florida game next week.
0: Plus, one of Connor Mance's teammates, in fact, several of them, earn a rise and shout out. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guests. David Nixon and Connor Mance, the National Athlete of the Week.
1: Shows on demand via the podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Kevin Baxter has a shoulder injury that will reportedly require him to likely miss the entire season and use a red shirt year. The Cougars are 22 days out from midnight madness. Football. BYU at South Florida
0: next week, Saturday, October 12th at Raymond James Stadium, home of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, set for 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific, live on CBS Sports Network. BYU radio coverage two hours before that, and BYU TV's countdown to kickoff one hour before that kickoff.
1: Volleyball. The number 9 women's team hosts LMU tonight at the Smithfield House on the WCC Network, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. Track and field. Connor
0: Mance is the USTFCCCA Division I Men's Cross Country National Athlete of the Week. We talked to Mance today. He won the Bill Dellinger Invitational last weekend and has won both meets. He's competed in this season.
1: And the updated rankings, the men stay at number two. The women climb up two spots to number four. Woo. Golf. Peter
0: Quest for Perfection currently tied for the BYU men at nine under par through three holes in the final round of the Nick Watney Invitational. BYU as a team, third place at 14-under. Good luck to the Cougars. Amazing start to their season.
1: Soccer. BYU women's soccer moves up one spot to number four in the country. In the coaches' poll, BYU's the only undefeated team. Today's
0: rise and shout-outs. For me, Jeremy goes to BYU women's cross-country. We spend so much time talking about what the men have done, and rightly so. They've been incredible. The women's team under their coach, Dilgia Taylor, have been on this meteoric rise, now Up to number four, Whitney Orton, their star, led them in that big invitation to win last weekend. Congratulations to the ladies. Four top ten teams on campus.
1: Yeah, adding to that, just the three women's sports, soccer, volleyball, cross country, all top ten. Awesome.
0: Fantastic. Our question of the day. What's the biggest story in the past six months of BYU basketball or elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resorts? Jared Haven says on Facebook, there have been so many. Coach Pope and his new staff. Yoli coming back. Yoli getting suspended. All the new transfers. Injuries to TJ, Zach, Gavin, Nick Emery quitting and then going off on social media. Hopes for transfer waivers from the NCAA. It'll be nice to just start playing
1: games. Started Dennis Pitt ran out of time.
0: Join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, hashtag BYUSN. For Jerem. I am Spencer. After further review tonight on the BYUtv app, shout out to Craig Bills.